sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, how many of you in the last month or two have had internet problems? Let's put some, don't be shy now. Just the rest of you, I need to speak to you because I need to get your internet providers, okay? Because a lot of the time you, you sit and you're busy working on, online and then boom, your internet connection goes off, okay? Or you're wanting to connect and then all of a sudden there's no connection. How do you, how do you, how do you feel? Everyone's going to be very quiet because maybe it's not the right Christian words to say when you say this is how I feel. Frustrated is a decent word, okay? Okay, when you see that little thing turning, go back one before we, before we get to it. You see either that one on, 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 on your left that says no connection. It's like, ah, what's going to, what now? Or you see this turning wheel, turning wheel, turning wheel, turning wheel, and you think you're a hamster, thinking what's going on here? You get frustrated. Maybe you get stressed because I'm supposed to upload something. I'm supposed to send an email, but now I can't because now the internet's gone down. The, 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 the connection is gone, just disappeared. And then what do you do? You do some troubleshooting. On the imaginary Google that you can't connect to, you go into Google and you say troubleshooting. And it says, okay, first check your connections. Okay, so you go, look, you see, is your modem connected? You make sure it's plugged in properly. You look at, you look to see if you're connected to the right Wi-Fi. Okay, that's all okay. Then what do you do? Then you think, okay, this isn't working, so you clap your computer, not so? Yeah? Like, the next slide, you want to punch your computer because there's nothing happening. And then the next step, you, you, you think, okay, maybe we just power off and power on again. Maybe that'll work, you know? That's what everyone does. Power off, power on. That's what, you find someone that tells you to switch it off and on again, and it works. And sometimes it does. Then you do that, and then it says, no, that's not working. And then they tell you to reset the modem. So you go find the smallest button you could ever find on the modem, and you, you try to push it. Sometimes you have to get a little pin or something to reset it, and that still doesn't work. Then you, then you have to build your courage up to phone your internet service provider. It's like these, uh, um, phone calls, these marketing calls you get on the phone. Now, you're the guy that's phoning them and say, um, hello, but um, can you tell me why I don't have internet? Have any of you spoken that nicely to your internet service provider? I would love to get copies of those um, recordings of the Christians speaking to the internet service provider saying, where is my internet? I would be the first one to not reflect very well in terms of Christian character. So... So that's actually what I want to talk about this morning, actually, is, is about our connection. So the same is true with internet connection, with our connection with God. So sometimes we'll feel we're not connected. A, a lot of us, I'm sure, would at some stage in our life feel disconnected with God, not, not connected with God. Some of us might even have been offended by people and actually been disconnected from church, that you've like stayed away from church because of someone or something. Um, and sometimes we, we just don't feel we walk in the road we should with God. So I, I just want to share a little bit about that this morning. Before we do, let, us, let me just pray for us. Oh, Father God, I just want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you've got an upgrade time for us, that this slow-speed connection is not what you have for us, Lord. You have a high-speed connection for us to connect with you, Lord. And I just pray this morning that we can just connect with you without any any difficulty, Lord, that there'll be no slow connection, there'll be no no connection, Lord, but they will be able to connect with you. So we just thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you that we, we, we can upgrade our connection with you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Okay, there are some visitors. Uh, some of you don't know me. Some of you do know me. You might have heard the story before. Yeah, he introduced me, Adam. But I'll tell you a bit of my story. So a little, a little while ago, early in the year, I felt led to, to actually write my story. So I'm not going to share my whole story because it's, it's quite hectic, but I'm going to share some of my story. So uh, I, my story started before I was even born. Uh, I, I knew what my parents were going through and there was some stuff that kind of carried over into when I was born. But part of my story later on in life, it's, it's all about if I look back, there's favor, God's favor on my life. And, and I'm, I'm like truly thankful and amazed for that. But there was one part of my life where I got married, this beautiful lady in front there, Rosie. Yes. And it was like, it was all good. So I, I, we were having a good marriage. We were, we were actually in a church. I was, I, was, I was actually ministering part of the youth. I'll, I'll get back to my salvation story later on. But I was busy ministering in the, in the church setup. And then we decided, no, well, it's time we need to try for a family. Okay? So we said, okay, cool, let's, let's go for it. So we started trying to have kids. And boom, we got pregnant. It took a few years. Then we got pregnant. It's like, yes, excited. And then a few weeks later, boom, miscarriage. Not so cool. So we struggled a bit and we had to pick ourselves up and we carried on. We tried again. <clears throat> and so we fell pregnant again. A few weeks later, same thing. Boom. Miscarriage. And that happened eight times. So in a space of 13 years, myself and my wife, she had the miscarriages. I'm just part of the story. But we actually had eight miscarriages. And that rocked our world. It like really threw us into a, a spiral of Depression, both of us ended up um, with depression. But what, what it did is it started making us think, making us believe lies. So we started believing lies about that it's, it's something wrong with us. That's why we're not having kids. Then we're thinking, well, we don't have enough faith. You know, people say, oh, yeah, if you have faith, you can have it. And we have, we're having faith and now we don't have kids. So we think, well, we don't have enough faith. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's because we sinned, you know. So we kept on believing all these lies and the problem that we had was we weren't really in a, a spirit-filled church at the time. We were going to church, but we, we, didn't, we didn't feel any care. We didn't feel the compassion. So we didn't feel that community love. And we actually got disconnected from church. So we actually ended up sort of moving away from church. Um, the good thing is that we were very anchored in God. So we never turned our back on God at all. So that's part of the testimony is actually the fact that through all of this, Neither of us actually turned our, our back on God. We said, okay, God, we're in this. We're in this together. And by the grace of God, we, 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 we stayed on track with God for, for all this time. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this to, to anyone to go through something like that and not be in a church environment. But we, we kind of, God had grace on us that we could get through that. The good news is that we did find a place where we could actually see people caring for us, where we could actually feel that community, we could feel that compassion. Where, where people would start speaking life into us. You know, the, previously, no one spoke life into us. No one, no one told us the truth to say, this is what the truth says. This is who you are. No, no one really told us that. So we found a place where, where, where we, could, we could find that. This is church, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, we, we, we were able to sort of get breakthrough for ourselves, for our personal things, the, the depression, as you got healed, the depression. We, we, we started breaking through all the, the hurt and the anger and, and all the, the issues you had from, from the, these situations. And, and we, we started getting breakthrough. And then what happened? God took us and he started making us flourish in our relationship with God. So I just want to praise him and thank him for that. So 
the reason I'm telling you the story is about connection. The, 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 the main message is about being connected. We were disconnected, and it's only by the grace of God that we came through to, to where we are now. It could have been a totally different story. I probably would have gone totally off the rails and been this really bad person, but God kept me, kept me on, on track. So I'm, I'm just very thankful for him. So in the book of Ephesians, there's sort of keys to, to, to being connected and growing as a church. So there's, there's, three, there's three main um, intentions for the church that God, 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 Paul reveals God's in, intentions for the church. The first one is that we are, we are up, up to form a body to see the fullness of Christ. The second one is to be unified, to unify us, to have unity. And the third one is to equip, empower, and mature us. So I'm going to focus a little bit on, on, on some of those. And how Paul does it, he explains us through the analogy of building. So we, we end up building a building, and he uses that analogy for spiritual maturity. Building a glorious ministering church. So at the end of, end of the service, I want us to be that glorious church that, that, that Paul's talking about in Ephesians. So if you look at Ephesians 2.20, this is the analogy that Paul's using. I'll just read it out quickly. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple, and your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. This is out of the Passion Translation, and I think it, 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 it explains it very nicely. So... If you've got different versions of the Bible, I, I just encourage you to read the different versions because sometimes you, you don't quite get the feel for it in one version. If you read another version, it's like, wow, this is like really cool. I never thought of it like that. So I, I just thought the Passion Translation is like a really, really cool, cool version. So God wants to connect with each one of us personally. But before we get to how God connects, maybe we just need to look at what it means to be connected and what it means to be disconnected. So some of the words that, that ref- reflect what it means to be connected, it's to join, um, to be joined together, to be united, to be linked, to have a relationship or related to, uh, to someone or something. And then there's keys for being disconnected. Okay, so now we're going to start getting into a little bit more heavier stuff just now. So the first thing that makes us disconnected is sin. Um, so sin separates us from God. That's why Jesus had to come and die on the cross so that we could be reunited with him. So sin separates us. The other thing is we separate ourselves. So sometimes we make choices. We have unbelief. We, we, we believe lies. Um, sometimes we take offense and then we separate ourselves and we disconnect from people. So sometimes it's us. It's not, not necessarily sin, but we just choose and the things we choose and how we make our choices, we, we choose to step back and say, well, I, don't, I don't fit in, I don't feel like I belong here, so I'm just going to step, step out of this, this, this place. And I'm going to be the first one to say sometimes I'm like that. Even, even in the church that I'm, 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 I'm involved with, sometimes I think, uh, do I really fit in? Where do we fit in? You know, we don't have kids, we, we're older, um, but we don't have kids, so we don't really fit in with older folks with kids. Because now we, we're like, what are we going to talk about? What do we do? But then we, we hang out with the younger people, but we're like way older than them. But, and we kind of don't really fit in with them either. So we kind of think, where do we fit in? As it happens, we kind of fit in more with the younger generation <laughs> for some reason. And then sometimes it's other people also kind of 
have an influence on you feeling disconnected. Some, someone speaks lies to you. Someone speaks death over you. Someone, someone um, speaks negativity over you. And because of that, you, you, you then step back. You believe these lies, causes division, and, and people start leaving churches and, and move away from God because, because people say things. Um, and it's important for us to know these things so that we can counteract that. In a church, we want to be unified. Uh, Steve was um, also uh, praying it earlier as well. We want to be unified. We, we want to be together. And, and this is what, what it's about. Is as a church, you want, to, you, you, want to, you want to bless one another. You want to build one another up. So, so I want to check, just look at some of the questions about why we need to be connected and how to be connected. Very simple. So first of all, why? I believe one of the reasons why is found in Matthew 6. There's a couple of things in Matthew 6 that talks about why we should be connected. What is the purpose of being connected? The first one, most of you know the, the, the verse that um, uh, talks about seek first, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And, and then a little bit early in the chapter, um, Jesus teaches us to pray. And how does he teach us to pray? He says, um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And, and it's about his kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. And I, I believe it's our priority is to seek first the kingdom. That's where we've got to start. We've got to say, okay, what is this all about? It's about seeking the kingdom. The kingdom coming. Um, later on in the Gospels, Jesus tells the disciples, go out and preach the kingdom. So it's all about building the kingdom and having priority for the kingdom. So I want to make us kingdom builders this morning. So what is priority? It is important to know that it's a kingdom. So with the kingdom comes a king. Yes, thanks Peter. There's a king. We've got to know there's a king. It's not just, oh cool, this kingdom, let's just do this thing. There's a king. And, and we've, got to, we've got to know that there's a loving king. He's a, he's a, he's a protecting king. He did everything. He, he, he gave up everything so that his kingdom could reign forever. So we've got to respond in a certain way to this, to this, to this, this what this king did. And, and there's one or two ways that we, we, we can respond. The first way is obviously love the king. He gave up everything, so we've got to love him. Okay, we've got to love the king and say, Lord, I love you. And then, and then part of that is also, in a kingdom, you have servants. So we are, we are sons and daughters, but we're also servants. So we, we need to serve him. If we want to, as a, as a body, grow... We also need to serve. We need to learn to serve. Um, and if, you, if, you're not, if you're not serving yet, don't feel um, guilty or anything. This is just encouraging messenger to push you in the right direction to get to the next step of where you need to be serving. So um, don't, don't, don't let me... Don't let, this must be an encouraging message, not, a, not a, a guilty message. So in John 12, it talks about what happens when you serve. So it says there, if anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will also be, will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. And I also think that's like really cool, because now if you're serving, God is honoring you. And I think that's like such an amazing thought to say, God is honoring me because I'm serving. So I'm, I feel very honored to be able to stand up here and, and share a message. I feel honored, and I know God is actually honoring me. And don't, don't have false humility to think, oh no, that's, how can you say that? It's actually very cool to say, I'm honored for God to honor, to honor me. And seek those opportunities to say, where can I, where can I, where can I serve so that I can receive God's honor? 
And it's not for yourself. You'll see just now there's, there's, there's an outflow to all of us. It's not just for you. You're serving for a reason. And I'm, I'm going to share that reason with you as well. So seeking first the kingdom is also about prioritizing your relationships. So it doesn't help just coming to church. That's great. But what are you doing within the church setup? You need to prioritize relationships with the church. Remember, the church is not a building. The church is us. We're the church. I'm the church. You're the church. You're the church. So the priority is building those relationships. Being connected, it's about having relationships. So we need to be connected with one another. If you sit in, in, in the congregation now this morning, you think, I'm not connected to many people here, then that should be a prompt that God's saying you need to get more connected because that's how you're going to grow. The more connected you are, the more you grow. Think about a business world. It's, it's all about, you always hear the saying, it's all about who you know, what, not what you know. And very often that's true. You know, you, you, you speak to someone and they say, yeah, I know this guy, and then he gets you and he comes in and you get to work with him. But it's not because of who you are, it's because of who you know. Same is true, because the more connected we are, the more we know, and it's who we know, the more we'll grow. So the kingdom is also about some outflow. So it's about making disciples. It's about witnessing. It's about seeing the fullness of Christ come. Now, imagine if well, the end goal is actually to see everyone saved, everyone healed, everyone set free. Amen? That's the end goal. So whatever we're doing, that, that should be the end goal, to see people come to know Jesus, to see people healed, to see people set free. That's the end goal of whatever we're doing. So can you imagine if every single Christian would prioritize that and say, okay, I'm going to prioritize seeking the kingdom first. I'm going to build someone up. I'm going to connect with people. I'm going to, my focus is to build the kingdom, to focus on someone, help them build them up. If everyone had to do that, can you imagine what, what your workplace would be like? Imagine what East London would be like. Imagine what South Africa would be like with all the few million Christians that, that, that are around. If every single Christian had to prioritize that. Now, I know you're saying, yeah, we're busy. Don't have time. Most people say, yeah, I don't really have time. You know, you get up at, at four or five o'clock in the morning and then you do this, you do that, you get to work, you come home at six, seven o'clock at night. And that might be very true. But I think we need to, in that time, you need to make time. There's always time to, to be made. I, I can just share, the beginning of this year, um, technology, yes, but I, 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 I downloaded an app, a prayer app for myself. And on the prayer app I loaded, I listed all the different people that I want to pray for. And I've been diligently praying for each of these people every day. So it's about 10 minutes a day. It's not a lot. You know, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's the evening, wherever. Sometimes it's in the middle of the day. And, and I've been praying for each of these people. And it's been focusing mainly on family. And there's been a, a, a direct sort of effect from that. I've seen, I've been praying for my brother and then... My brother came here and visited here a few weeks ago and, and he responded to an altar call and gave his life to the Lord. Just from praying every single day. So, amen. Yes. So, it's just about priorities. What is your priorities? To, to wake up and go to gym. Nothing wrong with gym. I'm fortunate I don't really need to go to gym that often. So. Sorry for you that aren't like as, as good as me, as blessed as me. <laughs> but, but yeah, my wife hates it, okay, so... So you can go to gym, that's cool. But, you know, instead of spending an hour at gym, maybe while you're busy with gym, kind of put earphones in and 
while you're cycling for 20 minutes, kind of just connect with God. Worship God while you're cycling. You know? Connect with God. Have time. Prioritize Him in the things you're doing. Um, another short example. So while I was preparing for this message, I prepared it and then I sent it to Andre to give me some pointers. He helps to sort of build us up and, and, and uh, mentor us. So, and then he sent some more some comments. I worked on my sermon a bit more. So I had to, f- I had to fit this in. Obviously, I'm working full-time. I've got a small business that, 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 I, that I run. And it's not easy when you've got your own business to, to have take time apart because when, you, when you're not working there, then you have to catch up the time some other time. And it was actually just amazing. So during the week, I actually took a little bit of time, a couple of hours at work. So I said, okay, I'm stopping work. I'm just going to focus on this a bit. Put some worship music on and focus on this. <clears throat> then I had to do a job later on in the week. It was, it was a two-day job. I actually ended up finishing it in a day and a half, and I had like four hours open. It's like, cool, I can work on, on, on the sermon again. But it's about seeking first the kingdom of God and what that verse is, and all these things will be added to you. So I got time added to me just because I was seeking God first. And that's how it works. In, in our business as well, I've, uh, we, we've made a decision that, that our business is God's business and, and we give generously from our business. Probably means that we don't get like super rich in any way, but that's fine. We, we give generously and because of that, God has blessed our business. God continues to bless our business with work. You know, Triple B is a challenge. If God doesn't see that as a challenge, it's fine. He keeps on. We've been in business for 14 years and we keep on growing and it's, it's amazing. But it's only because we seek First, the kingdom. Our business is there to seek first the kingdom. Where we can bless, we bless. Where, we, where it's time, whether it's, it's money, whatever it is, we will bless from our business. So, so it's important to, to have that focus on, on um, priority. Seek first the kingdom. Um, yeah, just maybe another little story, just in terms of impacting, talking about impacting. So, Sometimes, I just want to just encourage you, Some, sometimes a lot of you are impacted, you are doing, you are serving, and you might not see the result of that. And I just want to encourage you to, to keep doing it. Let me, let me give you an example. So last year, February, March, April, somewhere around there, um, myself and my wife went up to Secunda with um, Andre and Sonica. We did an encounter three, I think it was, um, at Werner Church, Yubea's church. Yeah, he was on Survivor, so we went up to his church and we kind of Corrupted his church while he was away. Anyway, so we, we went we went there and it was like an amazing time. We, we we saw a lot of healings and stuff like that. And then there was this one couple that came up. And I must tell you, this is actually very ironic. I think God's got a real sense of humor. So we don't have kids. So if there's a line of people that come up for prayer, this is how it worked when we were in Brazil on missions in Brazil. We'd like call people up for prayer and then there'd be lines, okay? And then we'd stand in front of a line of people that we'd pray for. Now us not having kids, which line would we be praying for? People wanting to be pregnant or had miscarriages or problems with kids. That's the line that we would be in. Like we try and move and then like the line kind of moves with us. And then the second one is now I'm blind in my right eye and if there's someone to pray for someone with eye problems, they end up coming to me. It's like, uh, dude, you know, like, are you sure you're in the right row here? Just like kind of go to that side rather. And and that's what happened in Secunda. So this, this couple came forward. Rosie actually gave her testimony at, at, the, at the Encounter 3. And this couple came forward. They said, no, they've got a problem. They, they can't fall pregnant. She's got a condition called endometriosis. Doctors, help me. Is that all right? Bad, right? Thanks. 
So that's, they had a problem falling pregnant. So we said, okay, we're going to pray. We're going to stand in faith with them, and we're going to pray. Um, and that was it. We don't know anything about it. We leave Secunda, and we don't know any effect of that. A couple of weeks ago, this, this lady um, sent a Facebook message, I think, to, to Rosie and said, oh, we're four months pregnant, by the way. Thanks for your prayers. And sometimes you don't know. You, sometimes they phone you. Sometimes they contact you. Sometimes they don't. And, and, it, and it, it's nice to hear. It builds up your faith. It's really cool to know that when, 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 when people are healed and you, you, you get feedback later on, that's like really cool. It builds your faith up. But if you don't hear anything, you, your faith should be just as built up. For my eye, for example, I pray almost every day for my eye. I'm waiting, waiting for my eye to be healed. And one day it is going to be healed. But until then, I'm not going to lose any faith about it. I'm going to build my faith up, continue building my faith up. So, so I just want to encourage you with that. Okay, so, so now that's the why, why we need to be connected. I just want to talk about how we need to be connected. And I think to know how we need to be connected is to know who, who we need to be connected with. So the first one is the right relationship with God. Okay, so, so you need to have a relationship with God, but it must be the right relationship. So we joined, linked, all those nice words that describe being connected with God, being reunited with God. So we were connected with God in 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 the Garden of Eden. Then something happened, so we needed to be reconnected with God. Okay, that happened through the cross. Jesus died for our sins, and we were reconnected with him. So we have to know, if, if you... If you've forgotten what it is about the cross, the cross is there to reconnect us. Remember, sin separates us from God. Jesus died so we can be reconnected with God. That's what it, the essence of it is. So if, if you've never acknowledged that Jesus died for your sins and received him in your life, you are going to be eternally separated from God. That's not cool. It really is not. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to stand here in front of you after some of the stuff that's happened in my life, if I, if I didn't have Jesus in my life, I wouldn't be able to stand here and like talk like I am now. So without Jesus in your life, you, 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 you can fall apart. Okay, so I think it's a, it's a decision that, that you need to really take seriously. And, and no decision is also a decision. So, so if, you, if you've said, okay, Jesus, you died on the cross for me. You, you, you took my sins upon you. I accept that, I receive you in my life. If you've never done that, then that's a decision as well. That means you're saying no. So either it's yes or it's no. There's no gray area. Either saying, yes, Jesus, I receive you, or no, I'm not ready to receive you, which means no. And a no is not a good answer. It's that no or slow connection I showed earlier. That's a no connection. And you need to connect. Okay, so once you make the decision, it's not, I know... We, we're a very, in, very instant generation these days. So we want to see something, especially internet. That, that picture of that guy showing his hand through, that's me. I, I get frustrated. I promise you, I, I, I can't handle, ask my wife, I, it freaks me out. I'm, it's like one of these pet hats. I have to, I have to, I have to pray peace over myself when, when the internet goes down. It freaks me out. I'm like, I want it, what now? What it now? And it's actually amazing. I don't know what's wrong with South Africa. I went to Panama a month or two ago, went to the middle of the, the jungle rainforest in, in Panama, and I'm getting, for those IT techs that know, I was getting a download speed of 200 megabytes per second and an upload speed of 300 megabytes per second in the middle of a flippin' rainforest in Panama. But yeah, in South Africa, you get 0.1 or something stupid like that. I, I don't get it. Anyway. So, so the, the, the decision to be connected 
the decision that you take to, to receive Jesus is, is not, a, not, a, not a decision you should take light, lightly. When you receive it, it's not an instant, okay, boom, you're done, you can rest, sit, sit back. Sit. Nothing wrong with the back pews there. Carl's sitting at the back, but I know he normally sits in front. But sometimes you sit at the back, like a pew warmer at the back, and think, okay, I'm going to cruise now until, until the next big thing or whatever. It's not about that. It's about connecting and continuing to connect with God. You know, you've got to speak to him, you've got to listen to him, you've got to respond to him. Continuing. So, connecting with, with, with God um, is also actively pursuing that. I want to share another little story quickly. So, soon after I gave my life to the Lord, okay, how it worked is I, I, was, I grew up in a Catholic church, okay, so I, I just thought going to church was, was enough. I was quite a naughty boy, so I was an altar boy. Then, if any of you have been in a Catholic church before, Altar boys wear dresses. I don't know why they call it altar. But we also obviously had to get the wine. And there they don't drink grape juice when they, when they have. They actually drink wine. Eh? So we have access to this wine. It's in like a little safe. Say no more. You know what we did most of the time. Just have a little sip of wine every now and then. And then walk around all holier than now. That was me, okay? So, so I, 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 was, I had this religious mindset. So I wanted to get married. So my wife and I went to... Past him, he said, no, I want to get married. So he said, are you born again? I think, dude, what are you smoking? I'm a Christian. Anyway, he said, no, no I'm not going to marry until you understand this. Said, okay. So we went home, and then my wife actually led me to the Lord. She explained what it means to have a real relationship. So kudos to her. Awesome. And then a little while later, um, I started getting involved with the youth and everything, and then there was uh, Randy Clark. I don't know how many of you know Randy Clark. Yes, cool. He's like a... a amazing healing evangelist. Let's call him that. He's, he's like really amazing. Anyway, he came to town. This is like 20 something years ago. 20 years ago. So maybe before some of you were even born. Any youngsters? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he came to town. So I said, okay, I'm going to go. I don't know why my wife didn't come. But anyway, she didn't come. We went. Okay, she was sick. I obviously didn't know how to heal properly then. Eh? <laughs> so I went there. And then the, the whole sermon, I'm not going to go into the detail, but the sermon was about Jacob wrestling with God. And Jacob said to God, um, I'm not leaving you until you bless me. That was the message, short. So I thought, cool, I'm, I'm not going to leave you until God blesses me. So I'm like standing there, and then some of the guys came around, and they started praying for you. But then I thought, okay, this is like one of these weird churches where like they throw people on the floor. So the guy places his hand on me, and I'm thinking, no, he's pushing me over. So I'm going like that. I'm not, not, not falling. I'm not falling. Okay. Guy goes away. A little while later, another person comes, I feel his hand on my head, exactly the same thing. Hey, no, not falling. I said, no, I'm not going down, I'm not getting pushed down. We don't do that at this church either, just by the way. Then all of a sudden, God, the power of God just came upon me, and I, there was no one around me, and all of a sudden I found myself on the floor. I'm not going to fall now because I might hurt myself. But I hit the floor, hit the deck, and then an amazing encounter. I had an encounter with God, an amazing encounter. I felt my hands on fire. I, could, I, could, I, can, I can still picture this, and I can still almost sense the, the sensation of it. My hands, both hands were on fire, and I could feel these nails through my hand. And then all of a sudden, I could just feel that tangible love of God of what he did for me. And that stuck in my mind, and that like kind of pushed me into gear to say, okay, I need more of this. This is like amazing. This is this God that connects with me like this. I need to, I need to pursue connection. So, so I want to encourage you, even like Encounter One on Saturday, if you, if, you, if, you, if you haven't had a connection, a real connection with God, encounter with God, and I want to encourage you, sign up, go to the back, sign up and say, I'm going to be at Encounter One. 
There's a time in Encounter One where, where we really spend time in allowing God to connect with us. So if, you, if you're feeling disconnected, that's a place to, to, to come. Come to Encounter One, sign up, come and join us. Steve's going to be there, I'm going to be there, Andre will be there, and a whole lot of other facilitators. So just, just come and be part of what, what God wants to do to connect with you. So once we connected with God, okay, we have an encounter, we connected with him, we, we have him as our savior, the, the next step is to be in community. Okay? We need to be in a church community that we can grow. So again, that verse, Ephesians 2.20, I'll, I'll read it out again quickly. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple. And your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. Best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ. Now, what's amazing, you see I underline some of the key words that I think. The first key, key part of it is perfectly fitted. A lot of times when you're disconnected, you feel, sorry, you feel that you, you don't fit in. And this verse is giving you the truth to say you are fitted. You are fitting in. The verse before this actually says we are part of the household of God. So we're all family. We're all part of the same family. Okay? So you fit in. There's not a time that you don't fit in. Every single one of us has a, has a significant role to play here. Every single one of us has a, is significant. So you've got to believe that. You've got to, you've got to believe I am significant. Let's say I am significant. You've got to believe it. Amen? You've got to believe it. So the perfectly fitted stones is the first part. You've got to, you've got to, and you've got to evaluate with yourself now. Am I, do I see myself as that perfectly fitted stone in this church, in the body of Christ? Am I that perfectly fitted stone? Maybe you're feeling like you're not fitting in. You need to, you need to ask God to say, I, I want to be that perfectly fitted stone. Because you are. That's what the word says. The next, the next part of that verse that talks about being built up together Focus on the word be in, not being, E-E-N, it's E-I-N-G, which means it's a continuous process. It's not, I'm there, I've gone through counter one, counter two, counter three, gone on a mission strip, cool, I'm there, I've reached that level. No, it means you, there's a continuous process of being built up. And part of that, 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 that part talks about being built up together. So it's saying we can't do this together. I mean, on your own, we have to do it together. Sorry, we, you can't do this on your own. Um, a lot of times, my wife always used to moan at me because I always thought I can do this. I, they used to call me the, the lone ranger because I would like do things on my own and not, not get people to help me. I've learned from that now. So we're not the lone ranger. We can't do things on our own. We have to do it together. The only way you're going to be built up is being built up together. And then the, 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 the next part is about being connected to the head cornerstone. So in the, in the biblical times, the head cornerstone, and the engineers can help me, Dion and some of the other, where's the civil guys? I don't know. Ken, civil guy there. So you, you, there, there was a head cornerstone. In the, you can um, put the next slide on. You know, the, you'll see the head cornerstone, that bottom piece. That, 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 that head cornerstone of the buildings in the biblical time was basically its foundation. Every other stone and brick would be, would be placed around that. It, it would set the, the, the rest of the, the, the bricks and stones into place. It would be the angles that everything else would fall into place, and eventually that would, be, would, would um, create the position that that building would be in. If that stone had to be taken out, the building would collapse. 
And that's how Jesus is in our life. He's our cornerstone. He needs to, everything else needs to be put in place for us to be positioned correctly with him as our, within us, him as our corner, cornerstone. So, I think I, I might have put it on there, but so basically what connected in community means, it actually means positioning yourself with others by serving. Remember the first part, serving the king? In order to, to build the church and position the church to impact others. Quite a lot there, you can take it in or whatever, but it, it's about, that, that's what community is about. It's about building together to position the church to do what the church is meant to do. Save lives, heal people, set people free. Now to do that, the last little part I want to go through is about spiritual maturity. So for us to actually do that, we need, we need something extra in the community. So we need to, we need to, we need to, Know our identity and build our identity up. So, um, another quick story. When I joined the church, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, 9 years ago, I can't remember. I went to Andre. Andre always takes, some, takes us to coffee if you're a new, new person. He took me to coffee and I said to him, okay, listen, straight up. I'm not getting involved, so don't ask me to get involved. I said, I'm going to sit in the back row, and I think I started sitting in the back there. I'm going to sit in the back row, I'm going to be a pew woman, and I'm not going to get involved. And obviously that's because of not feeling that care in community previously. That didn't last long. It's like, I don't know how long, maybe a week or two, and then all of a sudden I thought, no, stuff this, just go for it. It was because there was a a community of people that were encouraging me to step up. And and now I'm, I'm confidently being used as a kingdom builder. I'm, I'm, I can say that because that's what God is using me. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to, to people in the church to say, come, do this. Come, be involved with this. Come and do this. And just serving, started at the laptop and moved all over. It's, it's just about serving. God, God blesses that. If you look at, our church is also very focused on the fivefold ministry. You know, in Ephesians it talks about that God, um, that these appointed apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. But there's a reason for those fivefold ministry. If you look in Ephesians 4.12, it talks about that they're there to nurture and prepare us for our own works of ministry. Okay? It also talks about bringing in the fullness of God and also having a spiritual maturity. So, so if, if you, if you had to ask yourself, you're going to ask yourself, are we, are we nurtured? Are we prepared? If not, then we've got, to, we've got to make that happen. We've got to go to someone and say, I don't feel that I'm prepared to go into serving. Then, then that's what you need to deal with. But if you are nurtured and prepared, then you need to go into your own works of ministry. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean go out, start your church, and do a ministry of your own. That's not what it means. It means within this church body, step in into that place where God wants you to serve. That's your own works of ministry. So... And then, and then there's a, there's a, there's a key here. So you've got to be nurtured and prepared. Then you've got to step out into, into your own works of ministry. Then it, then it talks about experience the fullness of, of Christ together. If we do all that together, that's a, the, the fullness of Christ. And then because of that, we will be spiritually mature. So how many of you want to be spiritually mature? Amen. How many, how many of you think you are spiritually mature already? No one wants to put their hand up. But you can put your hand up. There's nothing wrong with it to say, yes, I'm mature. But there's always more. That's the thing. doesn't matter where you are. You can never get enough. There's always more. There's always more. And that's what we've got to, we've got to aim for is, is to go deeper. That Ephesians has got a lot of other stuff in there. You go further, the next verse actually says, 
your immaturity will come to an end. You will get stronger and you will go deeper. But that's following, following that being nurtured, being prepared, stepping out in your own works of ministry, being spiritually mature. Amen. So, so part of our mission at Shofar East London, I don't know if you, you've heard that mission statement, together living out the fullness of Christ. Thank you. And that's what it is all about. So, so if you're looking at the building and being built up, it's about together living out the fullness of Christ. And from that we will be mature. One last little story quickly. It's a very cool story. We recently went to, went to Pochostrum. Got to say it in Afrikaans tone, otherwise you say it's too English. Poch, not poch. Anyway, so we, we, we went there to, to minister a few weeks ago. The one evening, I think it was a Friday evening. So the Friday evening, I, uh, we, we, there were some people that responded to, an, uh, to, to come for prayer. And I was just standing, I'm thinking, and this one guy kind of, was highlighted to me. So I went up to him. He had a red shirt on. And I went up to him and I was praying for him and God just showed me a picture that he, he's significant. There's significance. And he was the, the, the worship team drummer. And I just felt that every time he, 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 he actually drummed, there was this like power that surged from, from him. There was like this, something spiritually happening whenever he was worshiping on the drums. It just was like amazing. And I shared this word with him. Um, that was at about nine o'clock. Uh, somewhere around there. So I got back. We got back at about, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night or something. And I phoned my wife and I said, hey, this was cool. This is what happened. So she says, okay, did you pray for someone with a red shirt? I said, yeah. And did his name start with a C? I said, yeah, his name was Conrad. And was the message for him about being significant? I said, wow, like, how amazing is that? Like, thousand k's away, my wife had exactly the same message without knowing what I was praying with this guy about. And then the next day, I, I told the story, and then Bernard comes to me and says, he was on his way to go pray for this guy, and, and he had exactly the same message for him as well. Together. What's it? Together? The fullness of Christ. Amen. That's, that's a prime example of doing it together. That's like amazing. If you get three words... Someone gives you the same three words. It's like, whoa, whoa, what's God's trying to tell me something? You will, you will listen to that. You will definitely listen to it. So yeah, it's also important, lastly, to be, to be connected with the Holy Spirit. You need, you need to, you need to receive and use the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to you. So the last verse I think I got there is, um, Ephesians 4.16. It says, for this body, sorry, for his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member, say every, that's every one of you, by the way, every member has been given divine gifts to contribute for the growth of all. And that will help us be built up. So with all of this, you've been given a gift. You need to use that gift. You need to step up into your own works of ministry and use that gift. So you need to, you need to seek the Holy Spirit. You need, to, you, need to, you need to desire those gifts. It says desire the gifts. Gifts of prophecy, gifts of healing, gifts of words of knowledge, gifts of words of wisdom, the whole list. You can go, you can go look it up. I'm not going to spend time going through that. But you need to, you need to actually seek those gifts. And then you need to, once you get it, it's not for you. It's for someone else. You've got to use it. Use it to build up the church. Amen. So just in, in summary, um, I just want to just summarize what, what we said. So the first thing that you need to take away from, from this morning 
is your priority? Where is your priority? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Second thing is, are you serving? We have a king, and we love our king, but are we serving the king? Is there, is there a place for us to move into more of a servant heart in whatever you're doing? And then, are we connected with Jesus? Obviously, you can't, you can't continue with any of this if you're not really connected with Jesus. If you haven't made that relationship to say, that decision to say, I'm, I'm, I'm receiving Jesus in my life because he died on the cross for me. If you haven't done that, then the rest of the connection won't, won't happen. Um, then, then obviously we need each other. So if you, if you being this lone ranger and you're not connected with other people in the church, you, you need to start, I want to encourage you to start being connected with other people in the church so that we, together we can, we, we can, we can build the kingdom. And then obviously, that, that verse which talks about perfectly fitted stones. A lot of us feel isolated and out. We don't fit in. And, and that's not the truth. God's, God's word says you are the perfectly fitted stone. You are significant. So you need to step into that. You need to believe it. And, and obviously if, you, if you're struggling with that, get people together so that you can, you can, you can overcome those issues that why are you feeling like that? You need to, what's causing you to be disconnected? You need to just reconnect with, with God in that way. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together. Thank you.